0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Mr. Taylor, our uh, finest person in our realty office, uh, come here for a moment. I've I've received a letter from an important client here, and I need you to uh to respond. Are you are you free this weekend?
2: You know what? This weekend's perfect. I'm very free. It's wide open, just like all of me. Please hear uh-huh. that on every level possible.
1: Well, uh, well understood, Mr. Taylor. All right. So the. The client here is apparently, his name is Mr. Creature, and Hmm. he lives in a place called Black Lagoon. Now I need you to go down there, he's ready to buy a house. The only one we have available right now really is the one right in front of your house. Don't worry about the weird name, don't worry about the location, and when every, when you get there, okay, everybody in the town is going to tell you, don't go to the Black Lagoon that's a bunch of nonsense you can ignore them just just take my word for it this this is a very very important client okay so head on down there go give your wife a kiss on the forehead and say goodbye to her for a couple weeks your ship leaves at noon
2: sounds great i'm with it uh let me go tell my wife that i'm gonna venture to the lands of the shadows and the bandits or whatever the fuck i do when i'm leaving the house
1: (laughs) something like that Oh, Denny, you naive fool, you're actually going to get uh, taken by the creature in the Black Lagoon? I've tricked you once again. I'm Greg Field, and I have I have tricked you. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a hell that of a really thing. That really went off the rails.
2: <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Greg forgot how Nosferatu ends and how to tie it into the creature from the Black Lagoon.
1: It crashed straight into the lagoon. It's okay it's All fine, right. what, it's are fine. what are we gonna do we are we going off do
2: here yeah, movies for win this podcast is three days late it's about a movie that is 101 years old i don't think anyone listening is gonna turn it off because the intro didn't make sense
1: they're like damn just get to the point guys well we're getting to the point this is movies for win everybody welcome back to movies for win color is overrated a series that we've loved a lot so far and has really heavily influenced our watching habits lately if I do say so myself um we're almost done with 2023 so get ready for Christmas the grannies I love the end of the year for this podcast it's a lot of fun a lot of recaps it's my favorite stuff ah but you know we can appreciate the past year but Denny let's appreciate all the other stuff we've been watching before we get into Nosferatu which was the audience selection Thank you, audience, for all of you voting on the poll. All your wonderful suggestions. Um, it was a great poll. It was a really tight race. Nosferatu barely came out ahead. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we're not done with it yet. More on that later. It was a great. It was a great time. But Denny, other than Nosferatu, let's appreciate the other things you watched this week. What have you been watching on this late edition of Movies for Win?
2: Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about a couple things I've checked out. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I actually have some shows and some actual movie news and current events I wanted to talk about. Current events! Current events on this Current Event podcast. Um... (laughs) but uh, say
1: i like we saved the current events for the podcast about the 101 year old movie <laughs> <laughs> time to get topical hell yeah what, what'd you get into brother
2: okay so i i did watch um uh a lot of rugrats it's been my uh comfort show right now uh i made it through the first three seasons and i would say uh they're starting to lose me at season four the uh the quality of the animation seems to upgrade and the quality of the humor and plot seems to go down. Um, but, uh, I, I would say season three is the peak and, uh, I wanted to discuss, uh, the trials and tribulations of Chucky Finster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in season three of the Rugrats, there are like 10 in a row Chucky centric episodes where, he has a psychotic break. There's a goddamn inception episode. Um, and mixed with, uh, how much, uh, psychological backstory of why Angelica is the way she is, um, I, I just gotta think the people making the show were clearly going through something when they made season three. It was very <laughs> obvious to me. Um, and, uh, anyway I, I think the show is actually uh, very funny in its own right um it never rests on its laurels creatively it's not afraid to deviate from formula and uh, vanessa and i both agree that we started watching it for nostalgia but at a certain point it just became a good show um, and it's very ahead of its time in some episode formats and uh, now i am as old as stew pickles and uh it's very uncomfortable watching the show from that perspective Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I think you mentioned that you were the same age as the parents last week, too. Yeah, oh, it's upsetting. It's Still upsetting. going through it, are you?
2: <laughs> but that might be the end of the Rugrats hyperfixation. We'll see. Um, Greg, uh, in movie news, Uh, have you seen the Ghostbusters Arctic Assault trailer or whatever the fuck Frozen
1: Ghostbusters Mm. is? What? Arctic Assault?
2: Who left the fridge
1: open? Frozen Empire is what um,
2: Google pulled up.
1: Arctic Assault? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Is that a sequel to a Battlefield game? Like, what the hell?
2: (laughs) I was thinking uh, more along the lines of, like, uh variations of batman in 90s toys that were never actually in anything oh oh yeah fire missile batman (laughs) arctic assault batman it was a made-up thing
1: remember from nothing (laughs) (laughs) but imagine how cool that would be and then they made it a toy and it made it worked it was cool i see that several I'm confused here. I looked up Ghostbusters Frozen Empire to answer your question. No, I didn't watch the trailer, but I see Finn Wolfhard is playing someone named Trevor. I'm confused because that sounds like a human name, and not podcast.
2: Yeah. So did he did they he play podcast? Clearly deviated know. from form writing. Words. <laughs> They're breaking
1: <laughs> breaking the mold. Oh God.
2: And Wolfhard is playing Bluetooth heads. Oh, okay.
1: other the other kid's name is Podcast. My apologies to Logan Kim, who I uh, didn't know existed because I didn't watch that shit. So
2: I just I feel like we, as uh, I guess self-appointed uh, uh, laid-back critic guys, have a responsibility to address uh, what the fuck is going on with the like draining the lifeblood out of the ghostbusters ip what is this it's a comedy it's a goddamn comedy what are you doing
1: i i feel like it's hard to make a legacy sequel that's not joyless in the first place right Mm -hmm. but then you know we make the one with the gals which I didn't see it, but like the intention was to be funny. It was a different kind of comedy, a different brand of humor that apparently didn't work very well. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but at least they were trying to make it a comedy. This one is just like, actually, this is very, very serious. This is no fun. It's very serious, and it's just, I don't know, it sucks. It, it, there's, there's definitely more examples of this, but. Ghostbusters getting is getting a lot of runway (laughs) with it. I don't know because we don't have uh, the rights to Back to the Future yet. That's why. So the other '80s IP left is Ghostbusters. Sucks, man. But that's just the way things go. Sounds like you got really upset by a trailer.
2: (laughs) I did. I did, Greg. Uh, I really did. I did not like what I saw when that trailer played. Uh, and I just wanted to address it here. Um, another piece of movie news um, that I wanted to discuss apparently mm. it is being reported that A24 is going to change direction um, and try to focus more on IP-based um, movies instead I, of tour driven yeah. content. Have you, have you heard this news?
1: I did hear that news and I don't know if they're going to try to get into like a cinematic universe air quotes here type of um, model for movie creation but yeah I had heard that. But they also did release the trailer for the new Civil War movie. Not yeah not Marvel but Alex Garland's new movie Civil War but they the the trailer looked bad but I'm sure the movie is going to be great but I'm also worried maybe he <laughs> he was like if you let me make men I'll make whatever kind of generic action movie you want That's that <laughs> could also be what's happening
2: definitely possible um, yeah I, I, I have a lot of trust in A24 being a brand built on quality right um and mm-hmm. they they are uh apparently this spring i believe dropping a uh, a24 friday the 13th tv series um, really okay which makes me think uh there's a certain type of ip that uh that that a24 could go after that would still be very on brand you know like it's you hear they're going to go IP-driven, and you think Ghostbusters, Arctic, Thunder, or whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> you know, like... Um,
1: Everything is correct. Whatever you're saying, it's it might as well be that. But yeah, go but ahead. But
2: if, if you got, like, uh, an A24 Nightmare on Elm Street, that could be really cool. And I don't think people are, are giving something like that credit when they hear an announcement like this.
1: Yeah yeah for sure and i'm i'm looking now at the upcoming a24 movies for 2024 and it's it all seems very 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 exciting very um a lot of cool and interesting artistic voices but also some like you know you've got your maxines that's gonna fucking rock and you've got your your big and you're small your high levels of um public appeal and then your kind of more niche stuff um i can't wait to watch the iron claw by the way
2: oh yeah i've got plans i've got plans it's appointment viewing
1: yeah it absolutely absolutely is um yeah any other things you watched i thought you had a lot of yeah i know you had a lot of stuff
2: well i only have three movies but i don't know for some reason uh I, I, I'm not really someone who actually keeps a pulse on movie news But for some reason this week I, I just I heard a, a couple juicy articles That I thought were worth bringing up with you
1: Yeah, most definitely We've gotta stay relevant yeah. Current events Podcast
2: Which brings me to my next film um, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious From 1946 A mm. very current event um, Yeah <laughs> More relevant was, uh, now
1: than ever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I was really surprised to see that I had actually watched this film like two years ago <laughs> and oh my gosh. given it a, 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 a vaguely positive review, but I would say definitely not its credit. I must have been in a weird mood, and I'm also semi-positive. I watched this in film school, and for some reason, it didn't stick with me. Um, but. Now, how did they how did
1: hitchcock portray biggie smalls in this movie
2: you know um it's very clear that uh uh hitchcock was i don't like to say this about him uh very much a west coast bias guy if you know oh I'm and, okay uh, I would say Biggie's influence is almost entirely erased. uh, (laughs) Almost (laughs) entirely erased.
1: I mean, this movie did come out before he died. Yes. Before he was born, I don't know about that, but before he died, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been a lot more respectful had Mr. Hitchcock known.
2: Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I liked Notorious... um, in terms of a noir it was decent uh, i could have done with a little more substance in the love story um not the best thing i've ever seen but uh hitchcock boy does he like to just invent a shot or do the impossible and um his camera work is really what makes this uh, a truly fantastic picture i'd i'd highly recommend notorious uh it lost the poll but i just had to see it and yeah. uh there's there's a couple more i'm going to hit um i also in terms of black and white movies i just earlier today watched all about eve um it is a 1950 uh uh similar to sunset boulevard uh and uh and kind of like what what happened to baby jane a uh you know sociopathic starlet jealousy backstabbing cynicism no dreams come true everything has a price uh it was very good uh, I would say in the movies of that genre, I've seen it's not my favorite. It's a little slower and more dialogue-driven, and a little less visually memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, a very good movie nonetheless. Uh, and I would I definitely give it high marks and would uh, recommend All About Eve. Uh, and finally, a uh, movie I gave a five-star review to. Um, mm. I made it out to the Alamo Draft House to see Godzilla minus one.
1: Nice. Oh my God.
2: It's a work of of art. It's so good.
1: I saw your rating for it and I got really, really excited.
2: Yeah, Uh, I saw Dylan Derryberry's rating for it and I thought, you know, Dylan is is someone I very much respect the opinion of movie-wise. He also gave it five stars. Uh, So that showed me I just couldn't wait for it to go to streaming and I had to get out there and see it. I regret nothing about that. it's it's i'm not a kaiju expert but i've seen the i've seen the hits obviously and uh it's just very clear that this is the best one of the genre ever to me and it's like oh damn um the uh the human story is phenomenal um the cinematography is
0: stupid
2: uh the monster fights (laughs) are like a mix of jaws and jurassic park in all the best ways uh it's 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 spielberg influenced um and it's also uh it's weird I-, I thought it was like a beautiful um it's it's our generation's revision of their parents myth you know like the the original godzilla was a take essentially right at the time on atomic paranoia in post world war 2 japan
0: mm-hmm. um
2: and uh, and this was just kind of uh, A revision with notes I don't want to give away too much of the plot You know, okay, but a, yeah. a different interpretation Of the Godzilla myth With uh, some more modern uh, Modern sentiments attached it, it was cool, it was really cool to see it Through a, a different generation's eyes
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to see it I, I haven't watched it yet, of course But I'm really interested in that I think The story, when it's explored Beyond just monster big it can be like extremely interesting and I think the last cool like big monster movie I watched I think was The Host that was fucking cool Uh, but yeah I remember my grandma had all those um or my grandparents, I should say. They had all those old Godzilla movies on VHS, like the original ones and then like Godzilla versus Mothra and all that stuff. Me and my brother would watch those every once in a while on VHS, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited to see this one. It's like I don't think I ever saw an ad of any kind for this one, but I've just read so much online, just like word of mouth kind of marketing like Go out and see this one It's amazing It's really good Worth your time Can't believe how good it is It it just seems to be Kind of the Surprise hit of the year So far So Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool Alright You all ramped up on movies?
2: Yep That's me That's me
1: Alright I only got a few things Um Something on Netflix That I watched That was okay Leave the world behind It's a new like Collapse of America or society kind of movie. It's got Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, Maharshala Ali. It's it's fine. It's kind of you know every once in a while Netflix will come out with like their big budget kind of film of the couple months or whatever. Like maybe come out with a few of those a year. You know really blow the money on the stars and. The director is a guy that... He comes from TV. He did a Mr. Robot, a lot of episodes of that. Mm -hmm. And it was... It's a mostly, like, okay and kind of interesting movie. But, like, a lot of the plot is pretty boring. And they're trying to really supplement it with, like, super gimmicky camera stuff. To, like, enhance those kind of more slower moments. I just... I don't know. I wasn't super into it, but... I am finding myself, like, all the performances were really great, but I, I find myself more and more saying, Ethan Hawke, this guy fucking rules, so this is another good one for him. Um, might be worth checking out. I don't know. Maybe you'll be into it. Uh, in the Christmas section, we watched The Grinch, the Benedict Cumberbatch one, that animated one from a few years ago.
0: Oh,
2: Oh my!
1: Yeah, from the studio that brought you the Minions movies, it's a Grinch
2: movie. And were you guys aware that you did not have to watch this? Um, I there were other options, and I'm sure you knew you could have watched mm. something else that night. Yes. Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Here's the thing: I kind of like it.
2: It's it's kind of forgettable. Seen it. Maybe I shouldn't shit on it if you liked it then.
1: <laughs> it, it's I I fully acknowledge that it is kind of forgettable, but it's just inoffensive and fun. It's just a cute little Christmas movie like, oh I've already seen this story a hundred times. I know what's gonna happen so what's like a fun little take on it with some beautiful animation. It's just a cute little movie that I I don't mind putting on for Christmas. It's fine whatever. Uh, What is bad though is the we went back into the freebie original Bucket to get some more Christmas movies And we watched Hotel for Christmas It is a Christmas At a hotel That's definitely in New York City It's not Vancouver And the (laughs) lobby (laughs) The ballroom area is definitely Not a repurposed cheesecake factory Don't even ask It's very really in New York City It is a cheesy romantic Christmas comedy where the two people that it seems like have nothing in common are of course in love and destined to be together. It tries to do this thing where it's like trying to pull off like four simultaneous like you got the main plot and then like three little subplots that is trying to like flesh out fully and they all suck and it doesn't really work all that great. (laughs) By the time like the two main characters get together you're like I don't think they like each other very much. This kind of sucks. <laughs> it, it was really bad, but it, it's one of those, you know, you watch it because it is so bad. It's it's a very fun watch for all the right and wrong reasons. And last thing I watched, you know, we got heavily influenced this week by our um, faithful fans, the people participating, and all the movie suggestions and all that. <coughs> Excuse me someone suggested watching kurosawa movies and i was like you know what i've done that a lot this year i'm gonna do it one more time i watched yojimbo i think it's from 61 or 62 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's another one of his samurai movies uh it's really fucking good kurosawa does it again Mm -hmm. it's like i've seen i think now at this point four of his movies and this is probably the fourth best one but it's still a 9 out of 10 for me it's extremely Damn. good incredibly interesting and like way ahead of its time i really like you know we we started er, like way earlier this year maybe even last year we did ikiru right yeah and just like watching his camera work in like that standard 3x4 like aspect ratio and like watching as like film technology gets better now he's shooting in widescreen And how he's adapting to like use that as a tool to make cool and engaging films again—it's astounding, really. He's untouchable. It's so good. I want to watch one of his color movies and see how he uses that. But we'll get to that later. So that's that's Yojimbo I think um, the Reno review for that one uh, was—it's basically the prequel to every spaghetti western you've ever seen. (laughs) Fucking rocks. that's all the stuff i watched Danny.
2: cool man um dude well what is there to do but what we came here to do and that's nose two without further ado oh Adieu.
1: without further nose for do here's the main event all right it's uh, damn dude Nosferatu, the oldest movie on the podcast so far By a lot Understandably so Wait, when was the original Frankenstein movie?
2: 31 So 31. this is uh, 9 years before
1: 9 years its senior Unbelievable So fact, yeah, the oldest mm, Tell me
2: My uh, My still living grandmother Was born the year this movie came out
1: Oh my god That is insane she's so old brother
2: she's a hundred and one
1: Dalmatians so Nosferatu 1922 film that you guys can watch pretty much anywhere I don't think it's on YouTube but it's on like a bunch of other streaming platforms but it was annoying because like I watched it on the Roku channel right like their streaming service I tried to watch it on Pluto and they zoomed in so much that it cut off like 10 percent of the movie like, in the, the the a little bit off the right and a little bit off the bottom. It was just, like, cut off. I'm like, okay, this sucks. I can't remember. It might have been Freevi or something. Like, some other streaming service had it, but it's like, here's the colorized version. I don't want that. That's the opposite of the reason why we're doing this thing, right? So Roku had it in the most original, I guess, way to watch it, so... If you're looking for a way to watch it online, go to Roku. It's free. I don't even have an account. Whatever. <sighs> Denny, I'm going to have you summarize the plot of Nosferatu, but first, before you do that, i want to give you the criticer review of the week for Nosferatu. Um, you know, there, was, there were a lot of people that had a lot of things to say. There was a lot of appreciation for this one, but... This user gave it a 75 out of 100, and I really connected this with this one. Uh, 75 out of 100, and this person said, "Dude looks freaky." Now, Denny, if you could go ahead and summarize the plot.
0: well
2: uh, that was already a highlight reel uh that's that's the best moments of the movie and <laughs> um, I'll give the backstory to them, but those are certainly the highs um yeah um basically there's this dude um who you know needs to he's just got some real estate he needs to offload and uh one of his advisors is like, "You should go sell it to dr Acula um, <laughs> <laughs> or uh count count olag i believe
1: something like that i think yeah. he might say dracula yeah count something yeah count olag
2: yeah and so uh He's got a lot of he, he he goes on a, a daring voyage to do just that because uh you know that was kind of a big deal in the period this is set in uh he travels far and wide to a land of of darkness um to to get this this guy to come move next door to him i don't know why he had to do this um and uh all the while his uh his his bonnie lass uh his muse is having nightmares uh horrible horrible vivid dreams uh of of vampiric figures and there's a, a bobcat that is focused on at some point for reasons i never quite understood um mm-hmm. but <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the count's like, sure, I'll totally do this. Um you go on back now, young man. Um uh, and then uh the whole movie Last Voyage of the Demeter happens, uh he, <laughs> he he moves back uh and uh he he does a bunch of vampire stuff. Is is there anything else I need to say? I don't
1: think so. Yeah, you kinda nailed it.
2: Yeah, it yeah. turns out that Count Olog was uh, was the the feared vampire Nosferachi. and Huge
1: twist, to, yeah.
2: Yeah, he likes to crawl around and uh, bite people on the neck and drink their blood. And uh, like a dipshit, he got in the sunlight, and that's the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, and like in unbelievable fashion, everyone's like very confused about the strange bite marks on their neck. Mm-hmm. It's it's called like a plague at some point. It's just weird. Nobody's. Nobody's really worried about, like, oh, these strange bite marks on my neck. This, this must be some sort of illness.
2: Well, you know, their understanding of medicine was very primitive at this point.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> I, I, you know, there there was definitely a lot of uh, priests being consulted instead of doctors at this time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is our first non-talkie silent film yeah how are you feeling about that man like i was i don't know i i read one of the reviews did mention like i watched this at like a live performance and a metal band was playing like music they had written out to play over nosferatu and i feel like that would have been a lot cooler
2: oh dope yeah i
1: i was expecting a lot more just piano i guess i don't know what kind of music i was getting
2: it's very strange yeah i know what you're saying i i watched it on youtube and frankly the the soundtrack just doesn't stand out to me very much um i do think it was piano based um yeah i don't know i guess i i don't really have that great of a reference point for a silent film um i've seen three uh metropolis phantom of the opera and now nosferatu mm-hmm. um so i mean you know those are considered to be three of the uh best and most influential movies of all time so very
1: yeah very pivotal
2: I guess I don't know what an average silent movie is like i I, I only know uh you know the absolute uh, earth shattering classics of the genre and not even all of mm-hmm. them so I guess you could say I'm a bit of a neophyte um as far as the three silent movies I've seen uh this was probably uh I don't even want to say yeah it was just the one that was the least best they're all amazing, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, but I think I enjoyed Phantom and Metropolis a little bit more, um but this is also the earliest one, unless how old is Metropolis? let me see um, twenty seven yeah so this is the earliest one, and so it's also uh in that sense the most impressive one, I would say mm-hmm. um yeah and uh I, you know i this is a significant influence on probably our most significant influence as a podcast um nicholas cage uh would list this as one of his favorite movies ever made and a significant mm-hmm. source of uh a lot of what he goes for uh in in his in his character work and uh if you've seen nicholas cage make a face uh that's all you need to know about nosferatu <laughs> uh, you 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 will see where he learned his faces from um and even his haircut from at certain points um
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah i don't know i guess that's my uh you know general in a nutshell takes on those what say you
1: i'm glad you're not as high on it I, I i saw a lot of like perfect scores thrown at it and i didn't love it that that much but i thought it was really good I I thought it was extremely impressive for the time and everything, but I don't know. I haven't seen the movies that you mentioned. I think this might actually be the first silent movie I've seen. I guess there's my relationship with it. I haven't seen this one or any other silent film before, sad to say. But I kind of knew about it, I guess, you know, kind of in the cultural zeitgeist of just like, I have heard through osmosis I guess just kind of knew some stuff about the movie I knew the iconic shots the iconic look seeing it all in context within the film I thought was a good experience overall but not at all mind-blowing yeah it's it's very cool I I kind of forgot that the Nicolas Cage influence I kind of forgot about that angle I guess it makes a lot of sense. Especially when you watch something like Vampire's Kiss that that really, oh. really tracks. Yes. When I think Nicolas Cage facial expressions, I think that's the movie that comes to mind.
2: Yeah. That and Face Off.
1: Ah. I could suck a neck for hours. I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, this... The movie... I guess... Let's just chug along with the plot a little bit it is based on Stoker's book of the same name I guess I don't know
2: I don't I haven't read it which that surprised me I uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I never thought of this as a Dracula adaptation uh, but that's that's what it credits in the movie yeah
1: yeah I was a little surprised by that but like the plot progression seemed a little rudimentary I guess but like You know, this is a 101-year-old film. Everything has to be somewhat rudimentary. Mm -hmm. Audiences have to easily be able to follow what's going on. And, like, holy shit, man. I just, just like, uh, what's the name? Jonathan, our main character? Um, I'm looking through my notes, scanning for (laughs) a name. It's been,
2: like, a week and a half since I watched this, and it was a silent movie, so... Yeah, apologies
1: Uh, for the delays, everybody. But, yeah, I know... I think it's Jonathan and his husband, Nina, or, or sorry, his wife, Nina. But yeah, he just, we, I kind of teased it with the intro there of just like, hey, go to this mysterious place. Uh, this guy is totally fine. Trust me, I'm a creepy little weirdo. Go to yeah, this place. What's that about? Go to this People haunted castle. Can
2: ask, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: That's our pal Renfield. I guess. Yeah, that's our pal Renfield from uh, the bad movie. And he just, like, <laughs> like if you go there and everyone tells you a bunch of ghost stories about the castle, don't believe them, okay? Trust me. It's totally fine. And he's so happy with his, his new wife and everything in the movie, he just, like, gives her a little kiss on the forehead, and he's like, I have a work opportunity, and takes off on the boat. And then we get... <laughs> i don't know this this guy's just bumbling through life just like zero understanding or awareness of his surroundings and what's really going on it's very funny what do you think of our main character jonathan i i, I oh, think he's our...
2: a dumbass like just you... <laughs> just a rube you know like in every sense of the word a rube um he was uh the the perfect uh huh i wonder what that compares it to you know because like um the the mythos of dracula the the cultural fear is uh distrust the aristocracy you know like vampires are always like very formal and they wear really nice clothes and they have titles like count you know um and Mm -hmm. it's uh and they're they're very alluring to to unsuspecting humans and the 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 message is be careful those rich people will drink your fucking blood uh they Mm -hmm. might seem nice you know um but i wonder what that says about our protagonist who is also uh by all intents and purposes a rich idiot (laughs) right or or (laughs) at
1: least at least he's well he's certainly an idiot i think he wants to be rich he's going for every opportunity to rub the you know rub uh what am i trying to say get in with the right crowd i'll stop mm. trying to come up with some dumb way to say it then it's trying to get in with the right crowd you know by any means necessary
2: I, I i feel like on some level uh the nosferatu is kind of our protagonist to be honest with you i mean like <laughs> what does the movie, the movie end on
1: not jonathan
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly um that's uh it's almost like, uh, you know, by the time we get to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, they're aware we're rooting for Freddy. Um, it seems like uh, the the first horror movie ever seems to have already figured that out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I feel like Jonathan is not really something in the movie we're meant to care about, honestly. <laughs> like, he's... He's a vanilla ass, Boy Scout, uh, audience surrogate, fish out of water, uh, but he's really an excuse for Nosferatu to, for some reason, plot-wise, he has to be far away, and Jonathan's his excuse to, to get there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. I, I was I was just reading a little bit of the trivia. Apparently this was banned in Sweden due to excessive horror. And that ban wasn't lifted until 1972. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the main character's name. It's Hutter is his last name. And I, we'll see.
2: Go ahead. Sorry. It
1: wasn't his name. Oh, Thomas. My bad. Wrong generic white guy name. My apologies. Thomas, not Jonathan. Oops. We look like fools. We man. look like Rubes. We're dumber than that guy. Uh-oh. Casuals.
2: Nosferatu <laughs> casuals over here. For probably the reason Robert Eggers is going to get ruined by the studio next year.
1: Oh, brother.
2: All the Nosferatu casuals who want Chris Pratt in the movie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
1: Uh, so, yeah, Thomas. Sorry, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Get that back in our heads. I, I love that he's like... He brought a book... On his travels with him that's like it's just the book of vampires or something like that yeah and he's like you know this isn't exactly re- relaxing and light reading for your your journeys he reads something that's like whatever you do don't do this with vampires don't ever you know this, his, this is how they're going to manipulate you and he literally like football spikes the fucking book into the ground and like i'm not buying that shit i think they're cool as hell I'm never gonna meet a vampire anyways (laughs) very funny just warning signs screaming in his face and he's just like ah that can't be for me they must meet somebody else
2: (laughs) yeah they were uh they were really trying to drive home to the audience uh don't worry he deserves to die Uh, Mm he is he's uh thematically earned his death Uh, he has ignored his warnings um, yeah, they didn't want us feeling too sad um, when that inevitably went down. Um, <laughs> I-, I wanted to circle back though to yeah. to what you said about it being banned in Sweden for excessive horror. Um, so when I when I went to see the Wolfman in theaters with a friend years ago, um, uh, the the friend told me that uh, that their dad said it was the scariest movie he'd ever seen. Uh, when, mm-hmm. when he showed him when he was a kid uh, and uh, you know obviously if you watch 1941's 41's The Wolfman uh, sure you uh, nothing about that will appear scary to you um, mm-hmm. and but what, what you have to remember and what I love about the context of movies like this is that like at this point people had really only seen like drawings of monsters Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, they they hadn't seen a moving photograph of a monster before, and that alone was very scary for their brains to process. They thought God made thunder. Like, you know, (laughs) like, they... (laughs) And, like,
1: yeah, yeah, go ahead. You
2: can make them think that there were ghosts if you, like, move some candles around, okay? Like, these were... they don't know
1: to look for strings being pulled right like they just take it all at face value where you know you and I will watch this and say like for the time this is incredibly impressive makeup and like tooth prosthetics and like the long fingers this all looks very good and back then they were like holy shit they filmed a vampire (laughs) it's the only explanation for this otherwise you know they 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 just I don't know, maybe we're way more immersed in the story of it all, whereas we're just like trying to appreciate this as a movie that's trying its very best,
2: I guess, well, yeah, and like you know, even up until like the nineties, there was like enough interest and enough mystery around the movie making process to support to support uh two theme parks in Orlando and one in California. About like being behind the scenes on a movie set. That was the focus of the parks, mm-hmm. um, and really I that was though, a mystery yeah. to America for the most part until uh, until DVD bonus features just made it like insanely accessible to see how a movie gets made mm-hmm. to everybody. And uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting that uh, no one had any idea how they would have done stuff like this. They didn't know. They didn't know how a movie gets filmed. They, none of this made any sense to them. Like like literally like i know people alive right now who thought there were people like tiny people that lived in their tvs at some point in their lives
1: oh my god yeah you know and those those are the little people telling us the news i guess yeah the little dudes that live in the television and when you turn it off they i guess they just go right to sleep i don't know perhaps that's that's wild it's crazy how far we've come but like i will say to their credit the makeup and prosthetics and everything on Count Dracula, Nosferatu, are simply fantastic. They oh, do yeah. look really, really good. So, oh yeah, some credit where it's due. Maybe that's like the quality of you know the you know the camera itself involving a man winding a crank while pointing at what's going on. <laughs> yeah maybe that had something to do with it but it it was genuinely like unnerving the scenes with like very intentional horror kind of settings worked very well and i'm surprised how effective a lot of those scenes were Mm -hmm. but there was you know like i kind of mentioned there's also a lot of stuff that with my 2023 brain now feel a bit silly yeah But, but those moments still made me smile right
2: sure I just, uh, I don't know. Like, I lost my train of thought, to be honest with you.
1: That's <laughs> um, okay. I can, I can, yeah, where, where are you going?
2: I, well, where, I'm, where I went is, I hope Vanessa remembered to order Chicken Express. Um, and then oh. I completely forgot. <laughs> Could you refresh me on what you were just saying before I got distracted with Chicken Express? It's actually an incredibly
1: impressive movie. Not only given the time period, but like a lot of stuff is actually very effective now.
2: I'm back. Yes, I'm back, and that's it's why I <laughs> never give um, a modern movie any sort of pass for not looking good, ever. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. what, because Nosferatu looks good now. Yeah, Nosferatu holds up visually. Um, don't tell me you. <laughs> you can't do what they did in 1921. Like, I'm sorry. Like, fuck off. Like, it's honestly really only until very recently um, that stuff started not holding up well, if you ask me. At least stuff that they, like, tried on. Obviously, you can see, like, a million stupid looking B-monster movies from the 50s and 60s. But I mean, Mm -hmm. like, actual, for real, A-movies, as you would put it. Um, Up until recently you just had to make it look good and point a camera at it that's how you got a good shot and because yeah. of that it tends to tends to age well you know <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. not like a limit based on uh the technology available at the time
1: yeah and like i think the sequence i was most impressed with was the stuff on the ship the demeter right mm-hmm. it's just like you know they're throwing bodies over the side of the boat Mm -hmm. and like they had to have again said winding guy winding the camera shooting the film from like a boat to off to the side Mm -hmm. it seems very stable the way it's filmed and i know for a fact if a drop of water got on that camera that ship would have exploded right (laughs) like (laughs) it's insane like just the amount of work you have to do when you don't have another option is really impressive. Just making it look like so I don't know. Not easy, but like well, we have to do it this way. How would we how else would we do it? This is just like limitations of the time where like nowadays you're like, oh we could just you know, maybe either do this shortcut or that or whatever. It's just, I don't know Stuff feels more on a stage Than a movie that is Being shot in the water Because where else would you put a boat? Yeah. Right. There's just like <laughs> something, something so much more effective Even though it is as old as it is Given the technology they had But those limitations help really sell Something that's way more believable And engaging and immersive So Props to the props I guess I'll say
2: yep i couldn't have said it better man um it, it's a very very effective movie um and i i think it goes to show that like um a simple story with a clear vision and the competency to execute it um is is all it takes to make something timeless and uh you know t- to your point in in film school it, it wasn't even technology this old but i had a project where i had to use um what i believe was a, uh, a camera camera technology from the 1930s um mm-hmm. to make a short film and i had to uh not only shoot it but get it developed and then cut it together um like cut tape edit. physically
1: cut it together yeah
2: yeah we were apparently the last semester uh of kids they ever made do it um because Damn. it was deemed completely fucking useless to learning how to make a modern movie um, oh I, <laughs> I that will breaks say, my heart a little um, bit <laughs> It is one of the most challenging and hard things I have done in my life, and I credit it for building a certain amount of character in me. Um, And Mm -hmm. not as a filmmaker, but as a person. Um, You know, like, I just, uh, I, I had to work with my limitations because... If I wanted reshoots, I had to mail my goddamn film to a fucking center in New York that was the only place in the United States that would still process it. Um and I did have to do reshoots. Do you know what that's fucking like, Craig? I don't I don't know what it's like, and I feel um, fortunate that I don't. All that goes to say, um with with that equipment it was impossible to get a shot longer than thirty seconds. Um, mm-hmm. And that was stuff that was at least ten years advanced from what was shot here. Um, it, it's I just have such a high level of respect for uh, something like like just th- this was feedback I got on that project actually on mine um, on why I got a C instead of the A I thought I deserved um, was uh, was that uh, a filmmaker should always be in control, um, mm-hmm. and there were there were. Several moments in my uh, in my short film where they were out of focus or they were overexposed, and uh, what I what I wanted to convey didn't come across. Um, and And in those moments, I wasn't in control of of what was happening with the camera on the screen, I was out of mm-hmm. control. Um, and it really created a respect in me for what it takes to be in control as a filmmaker for this amount of time, you know, like for this length of film with that kind mm-hmm. of technology. And not only that, but to accomplish an artistic vision in addition to just making something coherent. Yeah. Um, it's, that is it's, an achievement.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not enough that you just made something with the technology and limitations. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to be, there's got to be something more, some, yeah, exactly. Some sense of control, some cohesion like clear artistic intent, that kind of thing. It can't just be like, we put a story on the screen. Can you believe we accomplished that with this technology and limitations? I feel like that's a really valuable lesson to learn is just like, eh, take what you have and still do something great with it. Yeah. Or something that, even like to this point, like the bar is so much different is just like make it understandable i guess yeah cohesive
2: yeah and like you know sometimes you have to change the story to make what you have work you know like i saw that in my goddamn three minute short that i labored over you know Mm -hmm. like i i had to change the complete lack of story in that parody of experimental art films um that i made (laughs) like uh but yeah, because you just have to make what you have work at a certain point. Um, and bravo, you know. And also, what a further testament to why you should be in control, you know. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there are no dailies for for these people. You <laughs> you you don't know. Like seriously, you rap for the day not knowing if you got any of the shots you wanted. Um, yeah, you have you have no all, way of checking that,
1: right? All, like all these shots that took hours and several man hours and a ton of effort to even set up you had to go out to sea to get that shot of the boat yeah you don't know if you'd fucking like a drop of water was on the lens and it's blurry as shit you can't even yeah. see it you don't know
2: you dismiss everyone having no idea if if you landed what you wanted to land oh my oh, god i guess the pressure yeah. could you imagine what that would feel like
1: i would uh i would rather not I, I would say I, I I I was googling while you were talking earlier. I do apologize. It actually is Jonathan. My bad. It is Jonathan Harker as the real estate agent. I'm a stupid dummy. I didn't
2: many think many it apologies. was Renfield, but I was. Honestly Renfield. Just differ- it, Renfield
1: is the guy. What? Jon Jonathan is the main character.
2: You're, Renfield you're is with
1: that. Me. What? Okay. Who's, who's fucking with who? Jonathan is our we ma-
2: changed the main character's name in this podcast.
1: Only once, and now I'm going back to the original. Renfield so is the guy that opens the letter. He goes to the the uh I I was going to say psych ward. That didn't exist back then. He just goes <laughs> to regular jail for being kind of crazy. He's, you know, the uh the assistant to Dracula, you the know, familiar. that the, the older guy. Yeah, the familiar. He's got the crazy white hair. That's Renfield. Right. Our main character that's traveling to Transylvania, it, that is Jonathan Harker. That is not Thomas, which for- I don't know why the fuck I said Thomas. Google's throwing me for a loop here, but yeah, Wikipedia hasn't steered me wrong yet once in life, so Jonathan Harker is employed by Renfield, so. My bad. Anyways, we're talking about limitations of filmmaking, I believe
2: yeah and also you know advice from someone who just bought a house and uh, learned a thing or two about real estate Mm -hmm. um when you know when we go to crazy people locked in jail for being insane for our real estate advice i really think we get what we pay for and uh this is a very cautionary tale about that
1: so you're saying don't buy a house
2: i don't know i fucking love it (laughs) i did spend all my money (laughs) <laughs> I haven't figured good, out how to get it back yet
1: Good news everyone I spent all my money <laughs> uh, Good thing uh, I do know something you could drive in there though um, I did really like I, I, I forgot to mention this But like that letter to From uh, Nosferatu to Renfield mm-hmm. He like It's a bunch of like ancient Hier- not hieroglyphics, but like symbols, and you could tell it's like an ancient kind of language. Mm-hmm. He did take the time to draw like a little house on there. <laughs> it was really funny. It was like, here's a square, here's the little windows, draw a triangle for the roof, and a chimney with smoke coming out. It's something I would draw in, like, second grade, and it was part of the <laughs> Leonard's <laughs> Runfield. Renfield. Extremely funny to me. Um, so I... I think we fleshed out enough, right? Our appreciation of this movie for what it took, the sacrifices made, the difficulties that were overcome, excuse Excuse me, to to still make a cohesive and interesting and atmospheric, good movie, right? I, I do want to point something out that's going to be very damaging to this podcast. Kevin Costner is a hack okay the postman we all know it we all love it a moment in that movie that was immortalized with a statue that we are still trying to find that iconic moment was stolen from this movie when Jonathan runs out of Dracula's castle trying to mail a letter to his wife and the postman on horseback has to turn around and grab the letter from Jonathan. 75 years later, Kevin Costner stole that moment from this movie. I feel lied to. I feel betrayed. I'm very, very hurt. I'm not going to lie. You,
2: you know what, Kevin Costner... I'll excuse it when Nick Cage just explains all of his acting choices with being influenced by German Expressionism. And for a time, I was willing to let Tim Burton get away with it, too. <laughs> but I draw the line at you, Mr. Costner. <laughs>
0: mm, You're not cabinet listening. of
2: Dr. Caligari-ing your way out of this choice.
1: Where is that statue? Please also tell us, by the way. (laughs) But yeah, it's... I was... I was shocked to see that. And the more I thought about it, the more shocked I was. Oh, my God. Alright, that's all I had on that, I guess. Hit Um, me with another note, Denny. What you got?
2: Well, this is actually the only note I have that we haven't discussed other than our gimmicks. Um, So... Like follow me here structurally, right? So, me. Um, we have a uh, a very scary monster, right? Yes, we do. He needs to get to an area where uh, where he plans to kill many innocent people, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, he is separated by a body of water. Mm-hmm. He gets on a boat.
0: Mm-hmm. He has a the little boat.
2: side quest escapade, killing everyone on the boat very fun and then he uh lands his voyage spends a little time there before ultimately dying in an insanely stupid way um (laughs) would you agree with me that structurally this is not that different from jason takes manhattan oh my god (laughs)
0: oh my fucking god
1: my my mind is unfolding like a flower blooming it's just this is incredible man this is jason takes manhattan it would be better though if in jason takes manhattan jason was walking around manhattan carrying his own coffin <laughs> that was dope as that fuck. was it's one of those things i was like i wasn't laughing at it I was laughing because it ruled so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that was great. I mean, but go ahead. Sorry. You're right. I, I, I was, all I was going to say is you're exactly right. That is that is what this movie is.
2: Yeah. Cheers. You know, Joseph Campbell was right. It's the, uh, the slasher with a thousand faces. It's all the same <laughs> story.
1: <laughs> hey, here's one more face. Holy shit, that rocks. Yeah, would you classify this as a slasher movie, Denny?
2: I don't know. Um, I mean, you, you, it's like... I would classify this as a primary color of the genre. You know, like, it's mm. like... Yeah, okay. Um It's like, this is like... Can the term horror be reduced any further than the movie Nosferatu? Could it get any more simple... If I asked you uh, the genre of horror. So, I don't even know. Like, is it a vampire movie? Obviously. Yes. Um Structurally, could you say it resembles a slasher? Sure. You know, down to a final okay. girl. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Uh, One of the
1: best, by the way. Yeah, we'll get into I, that um, at the end. Wasn't she?
2: God, yeah. she was cool. Um, but I just think that, like, really... It, it, it's the kind of thing where... To, to say it's influential is to say that like homer is influential you
0: know like, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: like it's just uh it, it's it's just something that's intrinsic to the horror genre seminal work as they call it in a in the academic community and yeah in the spooge community can you fucking believe they call it seminal work it's it's fucking semen. It's, it's like the proper term for, like, really foundational information. Uh, seminal. Can you fucking believe that's an academic term? Seminal? I have a master's degree, ladies and gentlemen. And I have cited some seminal work. Oh, I've cited it.
1: I've cited a lot of semen in my time.
2: Uh. Back in the whiteout era, I cited even more.
1: I have to move this conversation forward. <laughs> Holy shit!
2: What what dates not... us more, covering Nosferatu or uh, talking about using whiteout?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it makes for a great semen joke, I'm I'm not gonna complain at all. But yeah, <laughs> I I do remember whiteout. It smelled great, maybe too good. Uh, fried some brain cells on that shit. Anyways, I I didn't appreciate, I will just move forward here to cut off the semen talk. I did not appreciate how long the text was on screen. I get this was, you know, made in a time of a perhaps less educated audience that can't read three words, uh, more than three words a minute. But it did get a little bit annoying to me. You can just imagine like the director's intent was and now the husband will lean over to his illiterate bride and say, Here's what the movie says, darling. Something like that, Jesus. you know? <laughs> Women couldn't read.
2: As a as a modern man with ADHD whose meds don't work that well, I appreciated the extra time. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not because I'm an illiterate woman, thank you very much. <laughs> I know
1: women can read. I'm just saying the director maybe didn't. <laughs> That's
0: all I'm going to
1: say. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, shit. It was a different time period, guys. What can I say? Uh, yeah, like there's so much reading. This was practically a book, so no thank you. I'm the illiterate dipshit. That's that's the real takeaway here. I don't want to read a book. Ugh, I'll read subtitles. I will not uh, read a book. Ew, I draw the moved line. On.
2: I've mo- like math and reading. I've moved on. Like it's part of yeah. my past. Like fuck mm-hmm.
0: that.
1: I read enough of those Redwall books to be good. I've read Ooh. enough books.
2: I didn't know you were a Redwall guy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a Redwall a big guy. Part- I'm a Redwall Hell yeah. Guy. Yeah uh you got you know those are your only friends when you move to a new town in middle school so
2: <laughs> martin and Gompf and zarmina luke
1: i just connect with those mice so much you know those badgers god damn those badgers
2: long patrol dope as fuck obviously
1: obviously <laughs> <So, laughs>
2: salamandastron haven't thought about that place in a while
1: we're past that now, Denny. I just want to open a map to this now. I, I'm going to go on a very extensive deep dive into Redwall lore after this <laughs> podcast is done recording, <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say it. So, uh, any closing thoughts? I, I I did tease it here a second ago. I guess I was asking myself instead of you. Nina is the hero of the movie, Jonathan's wife. Yes. Right. He's a bumbling jackass. Yes. Who can't read a warning sign that is being shoved into his face in like clear text Nina can read between the lines understand what's going on it's just she's surprisingly gracious and loyal to a man who fucking sucks so I appreciate Nina she's like I know how to defeat this evil and I don't know this is a she's a movie feminine icon way ahead of her time, and I appreciate her more and you more. You
2: love to see some female agency.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder what people people probably dismissed that in some way a hundred years ago, because <laughs> she's the one that read the book and took it seriously. <laughs> people were probably that's why it was banned is because like it it pictures a woman reading. <laughs> this can cannot be allowed
2: that was the uh extreme horror that, that, that was... they were talking about
1: <laughs> that was the horror that they were uh up in arms about women reading next thing you know they'll be voting ah disgusting
2: <sighs> yeah it definitely uh it's what we were saying in the last episode uh i don't like to think about it but uh pretty much guarantee that uh everyone involved in this movie both in uh on screen and in production was probably super duper racist um super oh, oh duper, duper 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 racist you can almost guarantee it
1: just because this was a german film in this era doesn't they mean weren't they on were the best
2: behavior they... <laughs> <laughs> as a nation <laughs> there's like this like 30 year period you really you really gotta watch out for them.
1: <laughs> you really don't have to give it to them um yeah we're holy shit not on their best behavior oh my god I'm not gonna say they were on a good trajectory for the following <laughs> 23-ish years after this point so well well said Denny um uh, <laughs> Are you ready to get into some gimmicks, brother? I am. Oh, man. Oh, wow. What a movie. What a discussion. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that one. Padini, last couple things we've got to talk about. What is your favorite moment of monochrome mastery?
2: Um, I truly think it took a mastery of the monochrome, monochrome technology um, to sure. get... Uh, To get the shot of that venus fly trap eating the fly oh yeah how about that catching that oh my god
1: this was probably news to several people that these plants existed
2: (laughs) i didn't think about that they're like what the fuck is this (laughs) like like that in itself was probably horrifying imagery to a lot of people oh my god
1: That was the extreme horror. We we just keep saying that over and over. But yeah, like, that, that must have been unbelievable to certain members of the audience. But, yeah, it's really cool. I was a little upset about how little Van Helsing was featured in this movie, mm-hmm. especially given the, you know, Dracula musical and all that. It seemed like he would be a little bit more prevalent, but uh, he was just showing off cool plants, which I dig his vibe for that, but, you know.
2: Boy, do I have the Hugh Jackman movie for you. (laughs) Logan,
1: thanks. (laughs) Uh, I also can't wait to watch Real Steel. So my favorite moment of Monochrome Mastery is... Oh, Denny's remembering Real Steel. Everybody's eyes in this movie. Terrifying. I mean, especially Nosferatu's, but, like, everybody's got the uh, what is it clockwork orange apparatus prying their eyes open that's what everybody looks
2: like one of my notes is jesus the normal shit is terrifying
1: (laughs) Uh, you gotta like really exaggerate your movements and expressions in order for the camera to even capture it i guess that's that's kind of what's going on here a real stumbly performance from our guy jonathan you know (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like the face the face was part of it yeah at the the core they just like well no one's going to be able to see the eyes so you got to open them like you're trying to see in like a dark theater (laughs) wild uh but yeah that that's it that's all i had denny dope this is a tricky one now the irony (laughs) Oh no, I was gonna say what's your favorite line for Nosferatu? A movie with really no lines. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the irony I was referring to. What's
1: what's the best thing you read while watching Nosferatu? Um uh,
2: the only note I'll give a runner up to uh the only note that I'll ever leave uh from now on, which is Uh, I am going to travel far away to the land of thieves and ghosts. That's, that's going to be, that's like the perfect uh, AIM away message. Um, (laughs) Stop dating us. Oh man. Current events, current events. Just use some whiteout on your AIM. Folks. Um,
0: If
1: you're looking for a new AIM away message, you're (laughs) in for the, you're at the right
2: podcast. (laughs) Check us out on Instagram or AOL Instant Messenger.
1: Check out our Zanga page.
2: We need to ironically make an AIM account for this podcast.
1: Look us up on Netscape or whatever the
2: fuck. Uh, but uh, I, I do love... Melo- Ask Jeeves about us. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was worth it. That was worth it. <laughs> um, but I, I have a flair for the dramatic and uh, I love flowery language. I had to go with... Uh, Something we saw more than once during the night. Nosferatu clutches his victim and sucks their blood like a gruesome, life-giving drink.
1: Ooh, How about chilling, you? very chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, my runner-up. I did have. I only had two at this time, but my runner-up is the little drummer boy. No, no, no. Sorry, it was the uh, the meeting between like the governors of the town when Nosferatu finally makes his voyage and the little bite marks right that's got to be just some sort of illness nothing else going on and one of the government leaders says the plague is here stay in your houses and to that i have to say you can't restrict my freedoms like this i want to go outside and get eaten by
2: rats it's my god-given rat (laughs) boy have we been there as a people
1: boy have we Another moment of hyper relevance from Nosferatu <laughs> but my favorite line is from Nosferatu looking in the little picture of, in Jonathan's locket of his lovely wife Nina is this your wife? what a lovely throat mmm Ch- chilling
2: I caught that line too
1: I really liked it I was a big fan damn he was so creepy. It was so good. I don't think we gave enough flowers to Nosferatu. It was just like, uh, you know, we talk about the exaggerated eyes and even the eye makeup, but damn, he like they pulled it off there. The fingers, the teeth, just the face, the expressions, the stance, the hunch in the back, and everything. You know, mm-hmm. it just it all worked so well. There's a reason that this character is so iconic. Um,
2: just every time he's on screen is just. You know, like, like, it's amazing.
1: That's the guy. That's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Alright, Denny. I think we've done it. Last thing we've got to do is give this one a score. What would you rate this one?
2: Hmm. It's hard to rate. It's hard to rate. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm gonna give it a 46. Oh,
1: damn. Okay. That's very high.
2: Well, you know, there's... Three films in the genre um, and they're all all-time classics you know I try to I try to grade something in its genre and its place and time and uh, you know I think I gave Phantom a 47 I'd rank it above this um, mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna go 46 what about you no that's good
1: uh, I think I was a little bit lower on it yeah you know my personal enjoyment goes a long way for these these ratings and everything there is so much so so much to appreciate but personally I don't think a whole lot to love love about it. So it is still obviously a passing grade. I'm thoroughly impressed with this movie. I gave it a 28 out of 40. That is a 7 out of 10. Solid 7 out of 10. I think it's deserving of that. Probably deserves to be a little bit higher, but I think while watching it I was finding myself a little bit having a little bit of trouble trying to keep up with everything at mm-hmm. certain parts but uh
2: it wasn't it wasn't uh a riveting movie I'll, I'll give it that um i'll give it that but uh i think if you loved horror and old stuff as much as me uh you might have ranked mm-hmm. it a little higher
1: yeah that makes sense i'm tracking with that all right denny now normally this is where i would ask What the best movie is for when color is overrated, but um, I got some news for the people. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're not fucking leaving. (laughs) (laughs) No. We've got one more thing, one little surprise for the audience. This was such a good poll. So many good suggestions. We are going to be watching the second place finisher in the poll, *The Apartment*. From 1960, uh, you can watch that movie now on MGM+. What the fuck is that? Great question. We're gonna what? do Amazon rentals. So, yeah, <laughs> what, what the hell? Shut up. Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna be doing The Apartment at one second place on our poll. We can't wait to do it. We we were really happy with this theme. Now next week, what we're doing is our Christmas episode. So we're gonna do a little bit of Christmas horror. We're going to be watching. Jack Frost, not the Michael Keaton one from 96. We're going to be doing the 97 uh, slasher movie. It's it's the scary one because, you know, I'm a fan of Christmas. Denny's a fan of Halloween. Let's combine our interests into one cool, maybe potentially cool movie. Yeah. And then after that, we'll do... Okay, so we're doing Jack Frost next week. The following week, we're finally going to close this theme of color being overrated with the apartment and then the week after that it's the annual granny awards to kick off the new year can't fucking wait let's go denny granny granny let's go granny hell yeah sound like a plan sound like a good
2: way to close out the year hell yeah dude it sounds like the best way to close out the year and the only way to close out the year um i i I'm looking forward to it all I'm glad we chose to extend this theme Because uh, there were too many good options uh, Too many good options And uh, it certainly kicked off A black and white phase for me uh, And I just hope that phase Continues for as long as it needs to
1: That's one of the best Things this podcast does Is get gets us not only into the movies we're watching But like An entire style of filmmaking For weeks at a time mm-hmm. It's a ton of fun, I really like it <sighs> All right, Denny. We really like this scene. We really like this episode. But I'm going to need you to uh, close out this episode in the only way we know how. We can't do it silently. It can't be text on a screen. It's got to be delivered by you. We need the catchphrase.
2: For Greg Work, The legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. And this has been Movies for When... We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage
0: again?